0: Okay, let's go, and I'm going to try really hard to keep my voice down because I, what's it say, Monday? Yeah, sometime yesterday it started disappearing on me. I'm not sure exactly where it went, but anyway. Okay, well, that took a little longer than I would like, but I'm not horribly, terribly surprised there was quite a bit of stuff in there. Um, There should have been several things that should have been frighteningly familiar looking and maybe a little bit of a surprise. I try to make them not all be totally routine. So as usual, I will try to go over this. We'll do this kind of quickly. Take as much time as we need. I will move through it if you don't ask me questions. I was hoping to have time to introduce the rocket class for Program 7 today. Um, If we don't get there, then I'll just have to be our agenda for Monday, and I'd encourage you to look at it over the... Thanksgiving break if you, uh, you want to be on top of things. So, this first one. Now, I, I, was, I hesitated almost to put this question in and decide I really wanted to have an array thing. I did do an example. I didn't belabor it. I hope it's sort of obvious. That notation about, about um, array initializers, we did an example like that. So, this just says make an array that's got enough space for those numbers and put the numbers in it. We did one in class. Nobody asked me about it. It was in the slide, you should have read about it. So anyway, I hope that, nobody asked about it, so I I hope that wasn't the stickler. And then I have a little function here, and once you figure out what the function is, it's pretty easy, so it even, I I didn't even call it foobar or fiddle this time, I actually even gave it a descriptive name. This is like the one we did in class, which counted the zeros, but instead of counting the zeros, what does it count? It counts whatever, however many of, whatever that was that came in. So for the version that we see here on this slide, um, it's actually counting the first time the number of sevens that have appeared in the first array, which was one. And this prints one, and it prints to see how many times 17 appears in the second array, and it gives us uh, two Right, so it comes into the loop, sets the count equal to zero as long as the count is less than the length of the array, which basically in our brain says, oh, for each element of the array, do what? Look and see if the value stored at that place in the array is equal to x. If it is, increment the counter. It simply counts the number of elements occurring in the array. Questions about that? Yeah, Michael? So we don't work inside out? Inside out. So you bet. We call how many first. That's inside out. Is that what you mean? So, were you thinking of something else? I mean, yeah, it does work inside out, but the inside here is to call the how many function, and it calls how many, and it returns a number, and then we pass that number to print line. Right? Okay. The next one is, uh, this is sort of in lieu, I think, of uh, one that maybe draws some boxes or something. So I have a <clears throat> nested for loop here. And if the loops are short enough, you can just kind of go through it slowly. So it starts out. And I have these two variables, row and column. And row starts out as 1. 1 is less than 3. We go into the loop. Column gets set to 1. 1 is less than 1. And it prints out 1 plus 1, which is 2, and a space and then it increments column to two, and two is not less than one. The inner loop is over, and it repeats. Goes back to the top. Row is now two. Two is less than three, because row less than or equal to three. Two is less than three, and the middle loop starts all over again. The middle loop now says set column equal to one. It's back to one, and it prints out. I'm sorry, and there's a new line. This new line happened, so it prints out row plus column, which is three, right, Right. row is two, column is one, one plus two is three, last time I checked, prints out three and a space, increments column, increments column to two, column is now two, two is less than two, less than or equal to two, so it goes in. does, prints two plus two, which is four, increments this to three. Three is not less than two. The loop is over, right, because row is two. Three is not less than two. The inner loop is over, we go back, we change the outer loop to be three, and the whole thing starts over yet again, and this time we get four, five, six. Um, Some of you were required to do multiplication, some of you had to do addition. I hope that was not disadvantaging one group over the other. Um, I hope we can both handle each of those um, equally well. Any questions about that example? Yeah? I'm confused why the row plus column in the print is not a string. Yeah, you know, I didn't anticipate that. And just as I see it now, starting to talk through that. Um, <clears throat> Whoa, hold on. How many know the answer to his question? Who heard the question? So, all right, so he asked about why that row plus column is not string concatenation. Um, So he might, uh, yeah, I can see a student being tempted to say, for example, the very first print prints out uh, one, one, in a space. Is that what you wanted to print out? Um, I'll have to think about this. Uh, Certainly I'll give you some partial credit for it. Uh, We didn't, belabor this, and it was not intended for that to be a trick. I'm gonna have to think about that. In fact, addition is associated left to right, and if you do left to right associativity there, row plus column is just integer addition. There's nothing to make that be string concatenation, so that's the answer to the question. <clears throat> Other questions about that one? Yeah? Yeah, so if you really wanted the two to come out, the simplest way I know to do it is I would insert, I would write row plus plus column like that, right? That would force it to put an empty string between them. The other thing that you could do, which would actually work fine, is um, since it's really about the associativity, if I was to put parentheses like that, that would take column plus space, turn that into a string, and I now have the string one space, and to the beginning of that, I would add the string by converting one. So whenever, we have talked about this in class, whenever one of the two operands of a plus is a string, then it automatically converts the other into a string and concatenates them. So you could force it by using parentheses as well here. Other questions about that one? Those are both good, really good questions. Hope not too many did that one, one thing. I didn't anticipate that. A little subtlety I wasn't going for. All right, so I'm not sure I tricked anybody with this one. I didn't really want to trick you. It's the thing we had before, but in fact, it does exactly what your intuition would tell you it does, right? It just computes two times x, saves it in y, and prints out x and y. the, the, the trick is, the question is, when I multiply when I say x is assigned to be x times two, so that's 19 in this particular, exi- 18, sorry, I, boy, that's, whoa, where did that come from? 18, two times nine is 18, last time I checked, thank you. Um, that does not change this global variable x, it's still nine, right? So when we get back up here, this is nine, and this is 18 as a result of that assignment operation. All right, <clears throat> glancing through them I didn't look like a nobody stepped into that trap there. So this was the multiple choice one. Now the interesting thing about this is there's actually technically a bug here. So the right answer is none, all right? In fact, this does not produce any of those images. I didn't notice it until somebody asked me a question, although their question didn't actually, I don't think they realized that's what was going on. But when they asked the question, it made me look more carefully here. And the problem, is anybody now that I've sort of set that out there? Yeah, what's the problem here? Uh, your loop does not include x equals 0 and y equals 0, and all the illustrations had a square. In. Bingo. All of the illustrations show a little square up here in the corner, and in fact, this really was supposed to be greater than or equal to 0, not strictly greater than. But um, given that you didn't notice that and given that you checked something, you don't really have an out here if you didn't pick the right answer. Now, this is silly code, right? This is silly code and, and the kind of thing that you don't want to be doing it's just to make sure you're in, It's actually one that I had there before, but I wanted to be able to put an if statement inside of it. Now, why is it silly code, Because you could have done it with a single for loop, right? Because, in fact, the answer is just this diagonal set of boxes because it only draws a box when x is equal to y. So it only draws a... Uh, you know what? This isn't the version anybody had. Sorry. Nobody had this version. I had two versions. I had a co- I'll, I'll give you a hint now. There's actually only one version of this problem because I tried to make a second version, and I realized this is actually an easier question to answer. The one that's up here would have been... The answer would have been A but you could figure that out without understanding anything about the loop because the only one where all the boxes are drawn with their corner at 0, 0 is A. So even if you were completely confused about the loops, you might have gotten this one right. So in fact, I'm sorry, everybody's version actually looked like this, x, y, So it drew the boxes where the corner was at x, y, but since x and y are always equal, the corner is always on the diagonal and it only drew squares on the diagonal, and as pointed out, in fact, the code that was presented would draw them on the diagonal everywhere except the upper left corner because it stops before it gets one to zero, zero, and that was a mistake on my part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The The previous one? Before we go there, let me make sure we're done with this one. Yeah, Michael. Uh, Excuse me? Well, it's not less than It starts out as, I don't, if I say x is never less than zero, if I put less than zero, the loop never even starts, right? If I set, if the condition is, remember that's not the stopping condition, it's the continuing condition. It's always the continuing condition. You keep doing it while it's true, even though this is a for loop. All right? Now your question, you want me to go back? 27. Yeah, boy, I don't know why anybody would want to try to add these things together. That just does not look like arithmetic addition to me. So, interpreting that as 27 is you've missed. I've had plenty of print examples where we've used plus as string concatenation. So, I don't know how you get the... I mean, I do know how you get it, but uh, I'm I'm not going to accept that. Sorry. I did see a couple... I don't think you were alone. I saw a couple of answers coming in that way. So, yeah, this is... uh, You know, there's a string in the middle of these two things, and it, yeah. Okay. Um, This one, boy, they don't get any easier than that, huh? Data sub 99, or whatever the right number was, and uh, you could also, of course, put data dot length minus 1 in there, right? Straight off of that quiz 5 that many of you, from last year, that many of you were looking at, Here's one, some people stumbled a little bit on this one maybe, so I want a function to basically redo the constraint. It's going to return an integer. I want it to be called constrain, and it takes three parameters, and here I ask them to be called x, um, oh, you know what, this is actually the version before I got the names all straight. That was called data and int of lower and an int of high, and it's very similar to the minimum one. It simply says, if data is less than low, return data, sorry, return low. That's on L. Else, if data greater than high, return high. else return uh, data. And before anybody asks, I'll say there are a couple of perfectly fine variations on this. For example, you could have simply left that else off and just returned because if you get there, then the other two conditions were clearly both false, right? In fact, you could even go further and you could get rid of that else. Right? It'll still work fine because it's a return. If this is true, you return and don't ever have to worry about maybe doing the wrong thing. So the else's aren't necessary from my point of view. Stylistically, I prefer the one that I originally wrote up here. Um, But in fact, either of those variations is perfectly fine. Yeah? Curly braces aren't required here. They certainly wouldn't hurt anything. And stylistically, I encourage you to do it. In the interest of saving screen space and my horrible writing to begin with, I left them off here. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody asked about less than or equal. Well, think about it, right? If the question, if if data is less than low, I'm supposed to return low. If data is equal to low, that's clearly the low. What difference does it make whether I return data or low, right? It's still the same thing. So yeah, the less than or equal will work in both cases here. So it doesn't need to be strict. Either one will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, no. So void constraint was not going to like you returning a number here. So that's a compile time error. I'll take off a little bit for that. So you could probably do something involving an and statement So I probably would have said if data is greater than or equal to low and data is less than or equal to high, then I can return data, but then I'm still going to have to figure out whether I should be returning low or high. I think it's going to be more complicated, but there are certainly variations to where I could do that. Uh, I'm going to assume that low is less than high. If low is not less than high, uh, I don't really care what it does, so... If you throw in a less than and data has to be less than high, and here data has to be greater than low, I guess that's okay with me because that's not going to change how it works under the normal operating conditions. Other questions or comments about that one? Okay, the I think this is the last one. We had the the. uh, In fact, this is actually stars from last year's quiz five because, in fact. Um, for the observant um, student, I didn't change anything except turn the stars into mushrooms or toadstools. Um, there's absolutely no other change from that quiz that I gave last year. I struggled with trying to be creative, and I failed to be creative. Um, you know, at some point on Sunday night, I'd give up and just say, oh, what the heck. You know, they studied the last one, they'll get credit for it. Hopefully, they're not gonna be, if they try to memorize and they write stars in where they're supposed to be putting mushrooms, and that will be a problem. Um, but other than that, it's exactly the same problem. So what do we do here? We have to star, We have to make our array, so we say, let's don't use red. I don't want to use red. So we're going to have to say, why does it want to do red? I don't want red. Pencil black. There we go. All right, stars is new. We have to make the array, so it's a new array of star. And somewhere in the problem I said how many there's supposed to be, whatever it is. Um, then we go down here, and this loop is certainly going to visit each star, so it needs to say I less than, you could put the number minus one. I, of course, would prefer you to do something like stars.length. And in here is just the thing that does skew. There it goes. <clears throat> here, lower your voice, Charlie. Use the microphone. I'm not very good at that. All right, so in here, using my soft inside voice, stars dot and then it's whatever method I gave you to make it happen for the stars when I think it's on the next slide let's see what was it it's called update so stars dot update Um, for if you're wondering yours uh, I think I grew toadstools and I popped up mushrooms or vice versa I don't remember what it was but anyway so you better not have said pop up if you had the one where your neighbor had pop up so anyway that was, the, that was the equivalent of draw. Yeah, John. The uh, problem that I had was was all about I had the toadstools and mushrooms mixed up someplace? Did I really? God, I tried so hard to make sure I... What a lame, that's so lame. Toadstools, toadstools. So the toadstool was the one that began with toadstools. Mushrooms. Oh, look at that. Well, you know, well, so much for that. Anyway, so the question, Right? you're right, the mushroom one where the code said mushroom, the problem said a toadstool. Anyway, well, I suppose most of you, maybe that not even makes more sense why somebody asked me what a toadstool was. I was like, what difference does it make? It's just a thing. But now if, if they had the mushroom toadstool <laughs> one mixed together, I understand. Well, anyway, I hope I didn't throw you off too much. Okay, but you're right. I did. I did. I just. I. I well. <laughs> Anyways, so moving right along. This part, we need to take these values, whatever they're called, and move them into those values, whatever they're called. So x equals unit x, y equals init y. If you wanted to be really contrarian, you could say x equals init y, and y equals a init x, and I technically couldn't take off because there's really nothing in the specification that says what's what here, but the name certainly suggests that they were going to go in in that order. And finally, down here, we just need to draw the little circle, and we're going to draw at x, y, and whatever size it was supposed to be. The stars were actually pretty small. I think the toadstools were a little bit bigger. Anyway, question? On the previous you bet. Um, where are you? On, on the, the, the line that I wrote down here? So, sorry, thanks. Excuse me. Sorry? I'm just having a bad day all the way around. Just spilling over from Sunday night, writing a quiz late at night or something. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> other comments, question? Question? Ellipse mode wants width and height. You can change what the first two specify, but the last two are going to be width and height. I mean, and I'm doing. I haven't. If this is the whole program, the ellipse mode defaults to center mode. I'm not sure where you're going. Right? If you, you, you may. If you gave me diameter instead of radius, that's pretty small pittance in what's going on. here, right. This is a two-point question with like six blanks, right? How much can you lose if you screwed up one blank? So anyway, yeah. Okay, if I don't put this in here, then every star's x and y value will always just be zero because I never changed them to anything. How do you tell the star where it's supposed to be? The way you tell a star where it's supposed to be is when you construct the star, you pass in where you want it to be, an x and a y value. In this case, they happen to be random x and y values. Okay? I want to pass those in. And the question is, what do you do with those values that come in? You use those values to initialize the x, y components of the star. Yeah? In the constructor, does it matter um, if say equals x? Or x equals yeah, this is an assignment operator. Left to right absolutely matters. So the one on the left is the one that you're changing, the one on the right is an expression that you're going to evaluate to decide what to give it. Yeah. I mean, int in parentheses? You want to say x equals int like this? And if you put it without the parentheses in a space, it doesn't know what to do it. It looks like you're trying to declare a variable, right? We don't, you've already declared it. It already knows here that init x is an int. We've already told it that, so don't tell it again. other questions about that one? All right, well, that's good. I, I've got about 10 minutes, and I'm going to at least do a brief introduction to the, the rocket class, Is it, unless somebody has another general question they want to ask me. Before I close the quiz, going once, twice. All right, closing the quiz. You can talk for one minute. Go. <coughs> Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> so, here's the rocket class. Oh, by the way, get out your clickers. I'm gonna, you got to get rewarded for sticking around, right? <laughs> I don't think I have a question, but I'll ask you something anyway. <clears throat> you can do it quietly because I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. What? I did. The clicker? Did I not give it to you? Uh-oh. Well, I gave one to somebody else. Maybe you've got, anyway, I've recorded them both. So even if they're backwards, since I'm going to ask an obvious question, it won't matter. All right, so here's the Rocket class. How many have read the Program 7 description already? Raise your hand. Not too, not too many. So, well, maybe uh, to give a little context here, let's, <clears throat> so here's the starting code that I gave you. And I just want to talk about it a little bit. Let's make sure we understand what it does. So again, it's an exercise in working with Java can get started here an exercise in working with a class. and in this case, I do in the grid scrolling game, you didn't really have to change the grid class. What's happening here? Um, in this one, you are going to have to make some changes to the class. I think it's trying to start. yeah, here it goes. So what I give you is a rocket class with this very uninteresting rocket that looks like a triangle with this very uninteresting little bit of flame that's the line pointing at the back. And the reason it's not moving at the moment, it actually has gravity like our bouncing ball. So there's gravity trying to pull it down, but I start the rocket up with its rocket motor going just enough to counter the gravity, so it's just hovering right there. And you can see that because if I use the down arrow to turn off the flame, you'll see the little flame disappears and it starts drifting downward. And if I increase the flame, then it'll start going up, right? You can also rotate it with the arrow keys, so you can turn it so it goes different ways, right? And notice it is pivoting around the base sort of where you'd expect. Anyway, so what you're supposed to do is <clears throat> add some scenery down here and have it notice that it's actually hit the ground and do something interesting when it hits the ground. You're supposed to also make it, know whether it hits the ground gently or whether it hits the ground hard and distinguish between a crash landing and a safe landing. That's basically what you're supposed to do. So with that in mind, what I've given you is this rocket class. Now for starters, you can think of it like the grid class. It's just something there and it it does some stuff already. And this is a summary of what it does. So you, you create a rocket like most of the things we've been creating in this class by giving them an xy coordinate of where you're going to put it. And it's got methods to increase the thrust, which does the obvious thing, a method to decrease the thrust, and a method to rotate right and left, and the update, which actually changes the xy position, updates the xy velocities, and draws the rocket. So they kind of do all the obvious things, and. There's a lot you could do in terms of playing around with this without actually having to change the rocket class. But some of the programming specifications are going to require you to make those changes. Now, I think I went right to using it. So actually, before I do that, um, I think it might be valuable to actually then just look at the code that actually, so given the rocket class, this is all it takes. That's the entire program. If you assume that the rocket class exists, this is all it took to make the program that has that little rocket sort of flying around and not having any bounds. So we see here at the beginning, uh, I declare a rocket. It could have been declared above. That's, people have asked about that before. It doesn't matter. It probably should have been declared up there. I assign a rocket a value based upon the width and the height, so it starts in the center set the background, um, I call a function that I give you called adjust the controls, and that's the thing that sort of notices whether you're, you're rotating or, or turning it up, and I tell the rocket to update itself. The controls then look to see if I'm hitting one of the arrow keys, and I, it probably would work if you took off the if key, uh, sorry, no it wouldn't, this is, I wasn't thinking, um, <clears throat> it would probably work if you took off the key equals equals coded, although it might move hitting other keys. That's basically saying, I think I'm hitting a special key, right? So we just sort of treat that as kind of, that's how we do it. Um, But somebody wants to experiment around and make a post about it. I'm pretty sure if you took that off, as long as you didn't mind that it might behave when you hit other keys instead of the ones that you thought um, it would still work. So anytime a key is pressed, I look and see. And if the key is the up arrow key, that's what that says, then I just call rockets increase thrust. If it's the down, I call rockets decrease thrust. If it's right, and that's all we need, right? So, given that class, this is, this is the beauty of, of objects, right? Now, as another example, this is not your homework assignment, but if you wanted to do Space Wars instead of Lunar Lander, Space Wars is, is two spaceships flying around, then you just make another rocket and you use some different letters to control calling its, right? You get in here and you say, if the key press is this, you know, if it's the A key, then rocket one. If it's the up key, then rocket two. Dot increase thrust, and just that easily, you'd have two ships flying around, right? Yeah. Is there a the keys from in the um, since we're doing key pressed here, um, I think this. I th- at first I thought that you had to, you were going to have to do that, but it won't matter here because as long as there is a key down, key pressed will be true, and if both keys are down. Think of how to do this. What is? Uh, let's see. There's there's an issue here. I forgot. I don't want to think about that right now. So that's a good question. I, I did work that out once, and I thought it was going to be okay to have two keys so they didn't interfere. But um, I've forgotten what the answer to that was. That's a good question. Let's do that. Let's do that offline. Um, other questions about how that works? Yeah. Could you press two keys if you just remove the else? Maybe- um. Well, but key code only has one value, so um, I think it's going to remember the last key that was pressed. Is what's going to happen here? Uh, yeah. The version of this game I'm used to has just one thrust value, and it's either on if the up arrow is pressed and it's off if it's not pressed. Yeah, well, that's a, that's not the that's not the traditional old lunar lander. There are a lot of variations about how you can do this, and, and you have some creativity in terms of how you do this in the way you implement it. So, right. but having a simple on and off is not acceptable. It needs to be have several grades of on. The question is, do you have to keep holding a key down in order for it to stay on and how that's going to behave. I I would generally discourage you from making, you know, huge changes in how the controls are going to work here, but if you want to, it's it's okay as long as the game is still playable. That's I mean, not... It works properly or you really attract- no. No, 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 that's fine. No, I'm I'm happy with with being creative. So, just make sure that it's playable, but But simply off and on doesn't work for me. I mean, the game, you you, you can't get the game to behave well with simply off, I guess by just doing little tiny bursts. Um, Maybe that's okay. I'll have to think about it. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to understand. I have to think, you know, to talk to me offline, I have to think about whether that in fact detracts from what I expect you to be doing because one of the things you have to do is putting in fuel and watching the fuel be consumed. And if you do that, Uh, I have to think about it and and I don't like doing it in front of 200 people, so. Um, Whoops, I'm out of time and I see stuff. Anyway, so, oh, did I not click? Do okay, before you put those away, let's see. The question is, are you here? And A is yes, B is no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you here, A is yes, B is no. Who left a pencil? I didn't leave a pencil. I don't know where that came from. Thank you very much. Sure. So, let me turn this off.